I'm Justin Dane with a brief look at the latest news in Texas politics and policy from the Texas Tribune. For months, House impeachment managers and prosecutors have made big promises about the damning evidence they would present against suspended Attorney General Ken Paxton. And for months, Paxton's lawyers have said the impeachment managers were bluffing and vowed that they would quickly prove that their client was the victim of a kangaroo court and political witch hunt. On Wednesday, though, the managers began to show their hand. In new and dramatic filings, they allege that Paxton went to extraordinary lengths to conceal his relationship with Nate Paul, the real estate investor who Paxton is accused of improperly using his office to help fight an FBI investigation, as well as repeated attempts to hide that he was cheating on his wife, Senator Angela Paxton, who will be present but not voting at his trial in the Texas Senate. The new allegations could be doubly problematic for Paxton, the staunch conservative has for years framed himself as a family values Christian, a reputation that could be undone if impeachment managers choose to focus on his extramarital affair. Since his May impeachment, Paxton's conservative allies and donors have persistently rallied behind him. But the new raft of allegations is stirring intraparty tensions. Carl Rove, the veteran Republican strategist from Texas, brought up the new accusations in a Wall Street Journal op-ed Thursday that predicted the end is near for Paxton. Connie Burton, a former Republican state senator who now runs a conservative media company, appeared to respond to the latest Paxton news in a number of tweets on Thursday. She tweeted, Conservatives need to stop twisting themselves into a pretzel defending the indefensible. It's a really bad look. Taken together, the new filings made clear to senators what they could be in for at next month's trial, an excruciating, well-documented accounting of Paxton's alleged misdeeds. Texas drivers have faced problems with the state's toll road system, including double billing, rejected automatic payments, erroneous charges, and excessive late fees. While some efforts have been made by the Texas legislature to address these issues, disagreements between lawmakers and pushback from tolling entities have hindered progress. Only one toll-related bill, House Bill 2170, has become law. The bill requires toll entities to promptly notify users with electronic tags about rejected payments. This new law, set to take effect on September 1st, is seen as an improvement by activist groups seeking toll road reforms, although they remain frustrated by the lack of statewide limit on fees and fines. Texas has a fragmented tollway system, with different entities managing various toll roads. The largest toll entities include TxDOT, the North Texas Tollway Authority, the Harris County Toll Road Authority, and the Central Texas Regional Mobility Authority. Despite improvements made by some entities, issues persist. The tolls generated from the system provide a reliable income for regional authorities, which contributes to their resistance in making significant changes. Tolls are viewed as a solution to underfunding road expansion, and they also help manage traffic flow. However, the toll system has been criticized for its various problems leading to legislative attempts at reform. While some progress has been made with the new bill, comprehensive change remains a challenge due to differing viewpoints among lawmakers and tolling entities. The future of Texas toll roads continues to expand with over 30 projects planned, adding to the existing network of nearly 900 miles of toll roads in the state. New requirements set by a law authored by Republicans in Texas could cause a shortage of poll workers in small counties during the 2024 elections. The law mandates that all counties, regardless of size, extend early voting hours on weekdays and weekends. While intended to offer rural voters more convenience, 
the requirements could prove challenging for some counties with limited resources. The law provides minimal additional funding, leaving local taxpayers to cover the costs of the extended hours, which could be particularly burdensome for small counties. The new law mandates different hours depending on the election. For November's municipal and constitutional amendment elections, the main early voting locations must be open for 12 consecutive hours on the last two days of early voting. For the March primary and November general elections in the following year, the main location must be open for 12 hours every weekday during the last week of early voting, along with 12 hours on the last Saturday and 6 hours on the last Sunday. These requirements have been met with concerns from election administrators in small counties, who worry about finding enough workers to cover the extended hours, especially given the existing challenges of recruiting election workers. While some counties are reaching out to local high schools to recruit workers, others are struggling to find sufficient funds in their budgets to cover the extra hours and wages. The law permits counties to use voter registration maintenance funds provided by the state, but these funds might not be enough to cover the costs of extended hours and additional workers in smaller counties. As a result, many election administrators in small counties are facing the challenge that this may just be the new normal. Today is the last day for our podcast survey. If you have a couple minutes, would you go to texastribune.org slash brief survey to take a five-minute listener survey? This is the best way for us to know what works and what doesn't for our podcasts. The link again is texastribune.org slash brief survey. There's also a link in the show notes. We appreciate your feedback and all of those who have already gave their feedback. Check for updates on any of these stories at texastribune.org and follow the brief podcast for daily news updates wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Justin Dane for the Texas Tribune. You've been briefed. Today's brief is brought to you by Philanthropy Advocates. Texas Philanthropy knows that advancing education is investing in economic opportunity for students, families, and our state. Find out more at philanthropyadvocates.com.